and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's January 16th, 2021, and this is episode 61. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just on my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. New in theaters, we've got, uh, again, not much. Uh, however, there is uh, a good comeback classic that's playing in theaters this week. It's the Emperor, I guess it's starting this weekend. It's the Emperor's New Groove from Walt Disney Animation Studios, released in the year 2000. This this film is really funny if if you've if you've never seen it or experienced it before, it's almost kind of an a very un Disney movie. It feels more like one of those manic Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoons uh, that were, you know, done kind of in the forties through the sixties that were just all really great, uh, uh, you know, quite sarcastic in tone. But they had a lot of heart, and they were really funny. This this movie really f- follows in that mold. The film had a real had quite an interesting hi- history, and I don't you know necessarily want to bore you with all the details. But it was initially uh, you know cre- uh, thought to to be a film they were going to call uh, the Kingdom of the Sun, and again still set in 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 South America. And it was going to be more along the lines of The Lion King. So a musical, but dramatic, you know, somewhat dramatic. Uh, Disney collaborated with with uh, Sting, the uh, singer-songwriter, and, you know, founding member of the Police uh, band. But, uh, so Sting, the Sting, some, a couple of Sting songs remain, but but really, it, it, the movie got the movie got changed. So uh, I really wish we could, we could see that original, uh, what that original film was like. There is a documentary floating around. It's called The Sweat Box, and I've never seen it. But it, it's it's about Sting's. It was it was it was made by Sting's wife Trudy Styler, and it it. It was just, I guess, probably supposed to be kind of a happy documentary about Sting's experience working with, with, uh, with Disney, and uh, I don't think it was a great experience for anybody. And the film again turned out drastically different, but still, they were able to pull something out of the ashes and and created just a, a really, just a delightful, fun film. So take this chance to go see it on the big screen if you've never seen it on the big screen before, uh, you know, mask up and check your local listings. Uh, I also believe that the Emperor's New Groove is playing or is, is available for streaming on Disney plus. For reviews this week, I just like to, add my i guess uh, accolades and, and and praise for the film news of the world i masked up and went and saw it 
at uh, my uh, at a local theater here in Salt Lake City, and really was was taken with it. Uh, it's a western, and and uh, stars Tom Hanks, directed by Paul Greengrass. Tom Hanks plays this Civil War veteran who who's a widower. And he has an interesting job. He's basically a, a traveling performer, and he does performance readings of the of the news of the day, and and uh, it's so an interesting type job. But he 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 encounters uh, a young girl, and she is um, she's she's an she's twice an orphan. Her her. Uh, she's Caucasian. Her, her biological parents died and then she was adopted by an Indian tribe and then her adopted parents died. And so, um, they're trying to get her to her, to her next of kin, which are an uncle and an aunt. And, um, so Tom Hanks agrees to help transport her and she, she's lost her use of English. She just, she just speaks her native American, uh, language and they have they have quite an adventure together as they're both really trying to find where they where they belong um it's 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 beautifully filmed paul greengrass is a very good director uh he he directed three of those born supremacy movies he also worked with tom hanks uh at the film captain phillips and uh again i, I really like Paul Greengrass's work and they and they they work great together and I mean Tom Hanks seriously when is he not good it's so rare um really moved by his his performance of this broken man who's trying to find his way in the world and trying to help this young this young girl uh the young actress that they that they got to play this this 10 year old or you know again to kind of 10 to 12 year old girl is She's she's very good too. So great supporting cast, mostly shot in New Mexico, and and uh, again I was I, I was really smitten with it. So I would highly recommend seeing News of the World, currently in theaters, and I believe it is coming to Netflix in February. My 2021 movie watching project, which at least I have one. I mean, my you know, sometimes I I have more than one <laughs> going on, and we'll see what happens with with uh, COVID nineteen too. But the uh, the main one I'm going to focus on this year is 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 watching 50 musicals that are listed in a pretty cool book from Turner Classic Movies called Must See Musicals. It's uh. So you know, basically one a week, uh, give or take a give or take a couple of weeks. Uh, it's written by a film historian named Robert Berrios, and uh, I have I've I'm I've watched three of the movies so far. I'll put a link to this if you want to check out the list of films I've got it uh, uh, on my um, on my blog, and and. Uh, it's it really it starts with the with with really the first musical from 19 uh, filmed musical from Hollywood which is from 1929 
and then and then uh, it goes all the way up to La La Land, which was released in 2016, which is you know the last kind of major um, acclaimed Hollywood musical from uh, uh, anyway from from a from a Hollywood studio. The uh, these these initial ones that I've been watching. First off was the Broadway Melody. This was from 1929. Uh, you know they're a bit. Um, it almost again feels like a silent film, even though they've got sound and and uh, and and have added music and, and you know some dancing to to it, and so it's just it's it's just interesting to think about the the evolution of of film of of the movie musical in particular, and I I'm I'm excited to be on I'm excited to be on the journey. So uh, the other two that I've watched. Well, uh, one was the Love Parade, also from 1929, and and then and then uh, last night I watched this film called Sunny Side Up, same thing from 1929. What I've appreciated about this too is that it it shows it, they're from all from different different Hollywood studios, and it shows again what was what each studio was attempting, and then just and and how they differ. Um, also, what I think that's interesting is that these are all made, you know, before the 1934 uh, production code, which really cleaned up films. I mean, these uh, none of these are pornographic by any means, but they are suggestive. There is so much innuendo, you kind of can't believe it, and and uh, uh, almost nu- almost nudity, but 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 not but not quite. Um, you can see why people would be up in arms and, and, and would want some kind of a um, higher standards out of some of these films. But uh, so anyway, learning a lot and 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 uh, appreciating these 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 films. I've put mini reviews of these on my Instagram feed, so I'll have I'll I'll put uh, links to that in the blog as well. But hope you follow along. It's it's really it's an interesting book. I've really been so far. I've 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 uh, enjoyed the writing of, of of Robert Barrio and the descriptions that he's given about these films. Uh, you know they they're 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 enlightening and as said I'm learning a lot and uh, happy to be on this ride of of, of watching these TCM must see musicals. was such a weird year i think it just it was weird for all of us with the pandemic and and um everything that got interrupted uh it's been it's been tricky with movies because the regular film distribution cycle got blown up <laughs> and and it's just been it's been tricky to know or just to just to find new high quality movies to watch or or to figure out where some of these movies that that these Hollywood studios were going to put in theaters you know what 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 they've done with them did you know some of them got pushed into into 2021 or beyond or just got pulled off the calendar altogether 
you know, some of them are just getting put directly onto streaming services uh, or just, just on just kind of premium video on demand. So it's, that that's, that's continued to be a challenge and I'm, I'm learning and trying to do, trying to do better job in tracking these and communicate about them. So, but traditionally I've tried to do like a, a list of my 10 favorite movies of the previous year. And the, uh, uh, I, so it was hard though, because I was, again, not necessarily seeing all of the new content. Um, and then the, so, and part of it just cause it was the volume. So many new things were getting pushed out like on Netflix, uh, et cetera. And so, and then I was also able to see some stuff that, that I was, that I could see before March of last year, uh, but even some of those were a little late because, you know, movie, movies that often are up for Oscars, uh, you know, they meet the, they meet the deadline. These films meet the, have met the deadline of opening up in New York and L.A. before the end of the year. And then they didn't go pushed out to the rest of the country until later. So anyway, it goes on and on. But I've put together a list, though, because, you know, I watch movies. <laughs> Clearly, I watch movies. But I put together a list that I'm calling uh, my favorite past and present films that I watched in 2020. So because with 2020 being such a weird year, um, I, I thought I'd just put together the uh, my 10 favorite movies that I watched for the first time. Uh, regardless of the of the film's initial release date, so uh, these films are uh, these ten films are in alphabetical order, and I just thought I just highlight them quickly. I've also uh, I love the the app called Letterboxd, and I will put a link to it also in the podcast notes on my blog. It's really for for film film nuts, but it's it's a way, it's a way you can. You can keep a film diary and you can create lists and also connect with other film enthusiasts. So it's it's been a pretty fun site. I've, I've, I've used it for, for a while. But uh, I will put a link to this also. And I, I, I've got a link just to my general page on Letterboxd. And, and I'll put a link to if I if it will let me, I'll put a link to the to this, this particular list. But so here I'm just going to do a quick rundown of my 10 favorite past and present films I watched in 2020. Just because, again, it was just impossible to create a list of just all new films that I saw during the year. So this first one was uh, the great film 1917. I was able to see that in the theater. You know, that film came out in, in 2019. Uh, again, like kind of Christmas time in 2019. And I finally saw it in January of 2020. Saw it in the theater and uh, completely wowed by by the technical uh, aspects of this film and just the overall ambition and emotion of it and and uh, really really loved it particularly the cinematography of Roger Deakins um, just just really um, was so impressive so um, that's so 1917 next up is is an older film which I had never seen before I had heard of it but I'd never seen it uh, it's it's called All of Me. Uh, came out in 1984, but uh, this was directed by Carl Reiner, and I think I had highlighted this on my on, on my uh, three by Carl Reiner. Uh, 
but it it's a uh, it's such a funny it was such a funny and clever movie sorry Steve Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin and um, they uh, Lily Tomlin who her character dies but she she her spirit goes into Steve Martin the character played by Steve Martin's body <laughs> and so he's got these two spirits in him and uh the physical comedy is great, and and it's 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 got a you know satisfying satisfying story. So uh, all of me was 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 definitely a highlight of the year for me. These next two films uh, are by the uh, French director Agnes Varda, and I had highlighted these on my three by Agnes Varda too. But um, they're films I just I I haven't really been able to stop thinking about. First one was is Cleo, is Cleo from five to seven, and this was from 1962, and it again it really captures I think Paris in the 1960s, and and an inter- just a very interesting told story about uh, uh, a couple of hours in the life of a, of a self-absorbed woman who's waiting for um, a, 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 a biopsy diagnosis or getting news on this and, and she's you know rather worried about it um next one is another by by agnes varda's or excuse me by agnes varda um faces places the documentary from 2017 that she um co-directed with with the uh, photographer and mirrorless j j r uh, such such a uh interesting uh, beautifully shot, thought-provoking, um, optimistic documentary. Loved it. So, Faces Places on the list. All right. So the fifth one uh, is a film, and you know, back we're back into 2020, <laughs> uh, called French Exit. And uh, I saw this uh, virtually participating in the New York Film Festival. Since they did, they did their film festival online. This is a film directed by Azaleel Jacobs, and it stars Michelle Pfeiffer and um, and Lucas Hedges. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays a socialite, a New York socialite who uh, uh, leaves Manhattan and goes to Paris, um, but she's broke. Uh, she's she's basically spent all of the money. That her dead husband left her, and and uh, it's Michelle Pfeiffer gives just an absolutely remarkable performance, and it's got the film's got some surprising twists, and I again just watched it on my computer, but I I uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I and again I love Michelle for Michelle Pfeiffer so much. You know I have this Michelle Pfeiffer adjusted scale, and typically any movie she's in, I kind of bump up at least a half grade, sometimes a full star <laughs> because I love her so much. The next film, and you know, I, I I struggled with this next one because it's a film, but it's also it's it's really it's a film. It's of just filming a play, but this is the this is the film adaptation of Hamilton that made its way onto Disney Plus this summer. Uh, I'd seen Hamilton on the stage before and just was just was smitten by it. I absolutely loved it. And this this film adaptation is really fantastic. It's the it's the original Broadway cast, and 
and they've done such a nice job in filming it and editing it. And again, it's a great movie experience and it's a great theater experience. Just all, just all wrapped, wrapped into one. So again, not necessarily, not, you know, technically a film, although they were going to release it in theaters. I think the plan was to release it in theaters in 2021. And then the pandemic hit and stopped the touring companies of Hamilton and, and Lin-Manuel Miranda and, and, and Bob Iger at Disney just decided to do us all a favor. And, and they, and, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, and they did, and, and what a gift being able to see Hamilton uh, really anytime you want, if you're a Disney plus subscriber. So, so, so there's that, uh, next film is on the rocks, which is a film that's, that's currently available. If you're an Apple TV plus subscriber, um, directed by Sofia Coppola, starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, about uh, uh, a father-daughter relationship and, and the dynamics of it. Uh, the, the Rashida Jones character thinks her husband's cheating on her, and she turns to her father, who cheated on her mother, and was uh, and is really not necessarily a great guy. But uh, they interesting interesting character study. About the dynamics of this father-daughter relationship, done with with these, you know, Sofia Coppola is a great director, and and then these these just wonderful actors too. So, so I loved it. Um, next up is Parasite. So you know, Parasite came out in 2019. I didn't get to see it until 2020 when it finally sh- showed up in, in in the movie theater in Salt Lake City, and then of course it went on to win the uh, Academy Award for for Best Picture. But you know, this is a Korea. This is a uh, uh, film set in Korea and it's about an unemployed family that takes um that all ends up getting jobs for one wealthy and glamorous uh family uh, and with some pretty disastrous results it's such a unique film so well made so thought-provoking uh haunting uh but yeah, I mean, but all the acolytes that Parasite has gotten, it it, it totally uh, deserves. Last two if it picks, if you, you know, you might think I've lost my mind, but they're um, these are films that I really liked, and and again, I, uh, some of the stuff that that was helpful to, I think, indicative of some of the stuff that that helped me through twenty twenty. So first up is is a Disney Plus film. I guess it gets in a Disney Plus original. I'm not sure if this was if they were actually going to Disney was going to try to re- release this in theaters. They might have, but but anyway, it, it's it, it debuted on Disney Plus. It's Timmy Failure. Mistakes were made. Directed by Tom McCarthy. Um, Timmy Failure is this 11 year old boy who believes that he's the best detective in town, and he runs he runs his detective agency with the help of an imaginary 1200 pound polar bear. And so the polar bear is digitally inserted into, into all these shots where Timmy is imagining that he's there. Uh, but the movie is, is, is just this just kind of great mid budget classic Disney family film that I'm just so glad has found its way back on, back on a Disney plus since, since, you know, typically now the, the, the Disney studios is only, only releases, you know, really big budget quote unquote, unquote franchise films, uh, in theaters. 
Um, but you know, when I was a kid, they were releasing all sorts of kind of family friendly content in theaters and clearly, you know, the market's changed a lot, but, um, I'm glad that, that this type of film has found its way in Disney plus and that this, a very high quality kind of high concept, but really charming, uh, film like Timmy failure mistakes were made could 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 end up on Disney plus. Um, finally is a film noir, a true film noir from 1950, uh, where the sidewalk ends. This is directed by Otto Preminger. It stars Dana Andrews and Gene Tierney, and and uh, it's about a a police detective uh, who's got some some temper problems, but he gets he you know get gets involved in this in this uh, murder mystery. Um, great performances by Dana Andrews and Gene Tierney, but where what's where I wa- end up watching this film. Uh, Turner Classic Movies on on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings uh, has a programming block they call Noir Alley, and and uh, it is really uh, terrific in that they show they show a a film noir, uh, and then and. Uh, and then they repeat it again on Sunday morning. It's the same. It's the same film, but the uh, then the, they'll show you know on um, the on Saturday night and then again on Sunday morning. But the uh, Eddie Muller is the name of the host, and he's a film noir aficionado. So he always gives very you know insightful information about about the film, and he really goes quite in depth. They they they'll, they'll it's not just often this like the standard two minutes. Eddie Muller will really will give some great great information and and yeah. So it's every Saturday at midnight Eastern time, and uh, you can go. I'll I'll have a link to I'll have a link to uh, the Nor Alley schedule on my on my blog so you can check it out. But I loved watching Where the Sidewalk Ends was probably the best Nor Alley film I saw and. Uh, during 2020, and and I hope to watch a lot more of the Noir Alley programming block because it's it's really great. So there you have it, my <laughs> my top 10 films uh, that were new to me in 2020. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Links are on the blog. Um, Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, be safe and dedicate yourself to the truth. Thank you.